Hey y'all, this is Ginger DeVries, guest number 56 of the podcast encouraging you today to use your position to broadcast God's love. All things work together for the good to those who love God and to those who's called according to his purpose. God has sent Jesus to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives. Freedom, my friends. That season may not be the thing that you wanted necessarily, but God needs you to learn something. God has given her an ability to help people change the narrative of their life. If you do not genuinely believe in prayer, then there's no point in doing it. Hindsight with God, you understand, but yeah, in the middle of stuff, you just gotta hang on and trust Him. We're not supposed to do for God, we're supposed to be for God. The doing is a side effect. God is able to bless you abundantly. If He can take care of the birds of the air and the flowers of the field, so more can He do for you. My family and my husband and I sat in the store before we opened and we just prayed over the store and that we would unapologetically show the love of Christ. It's all going to work together for your good. If you love God, you just continue to stay humble, seek God, and it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. God's Word says, whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. We pray this episode is an encouragement to you to go out and use your position to broadcast His love. From Scotto Albritton Studios, here's your host, Ricky. Hey everyone, and welcome to Broadcast His Love. This is a podcast where we talk about what life looks like when we decrease our name and increase God's name, because it's all about Jesus, living life on purpose for Him. And we want to get you excited today about going out and doing what you do for Jesus. We pray that you've had a good quiet time with Him, that you've read your Bible, that you've gotten a word from Him, and now you're ready to go out and do His work because where you are right now is your mission field. And that's exciting, that's exciting. So today we have Tracy Purdy with us. She's a mom of four, she's a wife, friend of mine. You know, we've (laughs) known each other for years. Jesus lover, and there's just so much more about you that I just would love for you to tell everyone. I know you love adoption, fitness, you have a journey through IVF, and so, I want to know your story today, and it is kind of a heavy first question, but the enemy will be defeated by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony, and there is someone out there today who needs to hear your story to know that everything's going to be okay and God's got you, and so that, I'm just so excited to hear your story, but do you mind just telling us a little bit about yourself and where God's got you? Sure. Um, My husband and I met when we were in college um, in Arkansas, and we always knew that we wanted to have a large family. Um, In our little tiny small minds, I thought we would have our own children before we um, always were passionate about adopting, but we thought that that would happen later in life. And it was very quickly... um, shown to us that that was not going to be our path. Um, we tried and tried for seven years to conceive naturally, and it never happened. And we finally um, decided to visit with a fertility specialist here locally and um, went through many different rounds of IUIs. We went, th- we went through it all n- with... Um, no positive outcomes, Mm -hmm. and finally decided to move forward. This was in 2000, let's see, 11. Okay. We decided to move forward with IVF, but at the time, we were completely broke and had zero money to fork into that, which is a very expensive journey. Um, So I did what I had never even considered, I joined a program where you donate half of your eggs that they retrieve in return for a recipient that gets the other half of your eggs okay. um, to help with the cost of your IVF. Okay. And I have never heard anything like this before. Yes. I didn't even know that that was like a thing out there. Who told you about that? This The doctor. They okay. Had, they had a plan that you could choose to be a part of. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in a 
very negative headspace okay. with my faith, with um, trusting that God had it all together. Mm-hmm. Like I was at a place where I was just moving, moving forward and taking steps in the direction that I thought we were supposed to be going. That you thought was probably a good way to go. Yes, of course, because this is this isn't working for us this way. So this is the way that we need to, you know, to be able to get to our end point what we, when we wanted to have a family. So the financial aspect at that time was a big deal, and I was not in a good mental headspace. Mm-hmm. My sister, who is six years younger than me, had already popped out three kids, mm-hmm. and I was just, I wouldn't go to baby showers. I, <laughs> I was very bitter and angry, and my heart was hardened during that time. Um, I mean, why, in my opinion though, why wouldn't it be? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I would, I would be angry. Yeah. I was very angry. And I think taking steps being, um, in this program really, really showed me that after the fact. Yeah. After the fact, because I had to go through, um, mental evaluations Mm -hmm. to even be considered as an egg donor for a recipient to choose me mental Mental evaluations we had to create what you would think now as like an adoption booklet that gave all of our history all of our family history um where we were from how much money we made like you have to give all of this over to the doctors to show to these recipients for them to want to choose you oh so goodness mentally I'm going through having to meet with psychologists to waiting. We waited and waited and waited for a recipient to choose us or to choose me, my eggs. Yeah. So finally, yeah, pick me, pick me. Yeah. And at the time we didn't know how many eggs I was going to have. Oh my goodness. Well then doesn't it come into play about if you're talking with a psychologist, why would you be why would you tell them the truth? Why wouldn't you just say, I actually woke up this morning and birds were chirping over my head. <laughs> yeah. All real. And think about a child waking up with birds chirping over their head. They oh need gosh. that in their life. It'll be perfect for them because my right. life is, Like, wouldn't you want to say yes. how perfect you are? Yes. To be chosen? I know. How I does know. this make sense? I don't know. I guess they've got to make sure that you are of, you know, right. Okay. A sound mind. Okay. A sound mind. So we'll take it. Okay. we were finally chosen. We were so pumped. I had to go through all the medications, which made me feel like junk. That's what I hear. And um, can you talk a little bit about that for someone who's going through that? I can. It and seeing that I did it before and I was not in a right headspace, I felt like junk the whole time. Injecting your body with all of these hormones, Mm -hmm. not knowing what it's going to do, if it's going to work, if it's not going to work, all of these tests, all of the money that you're having to, you know, to fork over for all of these doctor's visits. And it was, it just wore me down and wore me down. And honestly, being on the other side of it and having gone through IVF later in life after we adopted our son, the medicines didn't make me feel bad. And they were the same medicines that I used before. Really? Yes. So I don't know if you can contribute that to where I was in in my head and my heart at that time. But I was just so worn down at that point of like, you know, when you're in the middle of it, you feel like this is the end game. If this doesn't work, then nothing's going to work. And and that's not, that's not the case. Yeah. That is not the case. Um after they did the retrieval for that, um, there were four eggs, four eggs, which is not a lot. Oh, okay. I was like, wow, that's four no. babies, right? No, no, not, not necessarily okay. because they may not be mature eggs. Okay. They may not fertilize with the sperm. They yeah. may not turn into embryos. Right. So the more eggs that you have, the better chances you have to create those little baby embryos. What's a good number Oh gosh, some people get 20. Really? The most that we got was 12 later in life, but that then like a lot of kids. But cheaper by the dozen. I know, right? But, but in the end, be. the most embryos that we got from that 12 was 6. Wow. 6 embryos. So it depends on 
on how old your eggs are. And I mean, there are lots of different things that go into it. But in this case, I got two eggs and the recipient got two eggs. Wow. So we had one three-day embryo, which you want your embryos to get to day five or day six before they transfer them. And we had a three-day and it was unsuccessful. And talk about devastating. Mm -hmm. Like, and I, I don't think they were supposed to tell me this, but I had to know if my eggs worked for this recipient. Mm -hmm. There's just something in me like, if it worked for her and it didn't work for me, like, is it me? And that was, I just was, I felt like I was such a victim in all of this. And on the other side of it now, I know that that's not the case. Um, he was building our story. What do you mean though? Because there are so many people who are currently going through this right now, or they have a friend who's going through this. Mm-hmm. And to me, to hear you say, like you're smiling when you just said that. Well, I'm on the other side of it. And some people would say, well, you've been able to have kids, you know, um, but to see the timeline of it, yeah. like, yes, you can have a child. Anyone can have a child, depending on how you want that to come about. You can adopt. You can use donor eggs. You can use donor embryos. Mm-hmm. You can, I mean, you can, it can happen. Mm-hmm. It's a matter of what does that journey look like for you and what, what path does the Lord have you on and the timeline, you know, um, after that I was devastated and I stayed in, I mean, I felt like I didn't go to work. I was just super depressed. And one day I woke up and I felt like something had been lifted and I just knew I had to move because I was just sitting in this despair. And, you know, after, sitting in that for so long, it is so hard to see that you can get out of it. Yeah. You know, just feeling darkness all around you and this, this depression. And so I told Adam, I said, I need to do something to step forward, to move forward. I know we want to adopt. Mm -hmm. This path did not work for us and was devastating for me. Um, so I'm gonna see what we need to do to do to be involved in these foster adopt classes through the state of Florida. Wow. And I bet that was hard to just have that conversation with him to just say, okay, now this is what we're going to do. We have to take a step in another direction. And he was fully in support because he saw where I was and um, he was devastated as well. And I said, we want to have children. We want to have a large family. And if this is the path that it's going to take for us to get there, then we need to take the step to go that way. Long story short, we went through the foster adopt classes. We had huge list of things that we wanted. I wanted to adopt a baby, you know, an infant. Um, I, I mean, there were, there were different things that were on our list of like things that we were willing to consider things that we weren't willing to consider. And all of that just got like completely it's like wiped away. It's like your goals, you know? Yes. It was, um, going through, I mean, it was like a six week class and we were the one, I think we were one of the only families in there that said, we are not here called to foster. We are here called to adopt. And I know that that limits our, um, availability because I know not many children come into the state that don't need to go into foster care first. So we were kind of those on the outskirts of like, okay, you're only going to consider adoption. You're not going to foster before you adopt. I did not have that in me, especially after going through what we went through to be able to foster. Um, I think that is a huge calling on people. Oh, yeah. Well, our most popular podcast is with Rachel Brenton. Oh, my goodness. And I wasn't expecting that a friend told me about her and was like, I, you don't even know this girl, but you got to have her on your podcast. <laughs> she said, and now she's fostered more, I, I believe 14 foster children. Oh my word. And just to hear that story mm-hmm. of, she loves it. 
she's like, it's really hard. It's very challenging, but I love Jesus and I'm going to do this. Like I feel called For to them. do this. Yes. Oh, that's so cool. And anyway, it's just one of those things where if you're interested in fostering, go back and listen to that testimony because she really paints the picture of the headspace that she's in, mm-hmm. you know, to yeah. continue doing this. Right. Cause she hasn't stopped. Like she's still that's going, so you cool. know, it's more than a year later, but that's amazing. Um, but yeah, so that, that is a, an interesting frame of mind to be in is that you went into it knowing that you wanted to adopt. Mm-hmm. Yes. And probably, so we got done with the six week class, probably two weeks after that, we got an email about a potential child who was going to be going straight to adoption. Okay. And they gave us kind of the rundown, um, a four-year-old boy, he had just turned four, um, lived in Navarre. And I looked at Adam and I said, I don't think this is right. So we declined. And I don't, I don't know if there was just a heaviness on my heart about yeah. that. Because it came back around two weeks later. Okay, this child is going to be considered to be going straight to adoption. Would you please reconsider? And it had a picture of him. And, oh, I get chills just thinking about it. And I still have that picture. Um, but I looked at him and I said, oh, my gosh, he, this is, he's ours. And we met him the next day. Yeah. And that was a whole story in itself. Um, Adam and I, have I told you this story? No, but share the story. Oh my gosh. Okay. (laughs) So I worked at a children's activity center where we had like inflatables and you can go and bounce and stuff. And we thought, really? I didn't know that. I worked at the Funplex. Yes. For years. No way. Yes. And I was like, this, this child, he's four. This will be the coolest place ever for him to come and meet his potential parents. Yeah. And I'm telling you. He was so super hyperactive that we were just exhausted chasing him around. And Adam and I would just look at each other like, oh, what are we doing? You brought him to the funnest oh, place in yes. Northwest Florida. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and Adam, trying to be cool dad, you yeah. know, he showed him how to, they had like an inflatable batting thing where yeah. you play with a plastic bat and oh. he swung it and slashed Adam's <gasps> eye open blood everywhere. And I like happily, Adam, go upstairs, go get some stitches or something and then come back to us. So I feel like everything's perfect. Everything's, everything's good. Birds everything's are still so chirping. Good. Oh my goodness. So then I'm like, I need to be cool mom in this moment. Right. So I take him up to the top of this, the hugest slide. And I was like, we've gone down on our backs. Let's go down on our stomachs. Cause that's the cool thing to do. So feet first, but on our stomachs, I had shorts on and tank top and my shirt came up and I got burns on the insides of my knees and all the way at my stomach. (laughs) We left that night looking at each other. You know that feeling when you get when you leave like a really loud concert and your body's like vibrating? Like we got in the car and it was silent. And looked at each other. We were like, what are we doing? Can we really handle this? He's like holding his eyes. He's got it. It's all bulged out. And I've got like oozing burns all over my body from trying to. And he was like, this is the best thing ever. And we met him the next day. And in the end, it all worked out. And we adopted him. And he is now 14 and... He is a light in our life. Yes. And I'm not going to say that it has not been challenging. Ten years. Yes. And that, that could be a whole nother podcast in itself, um, parenting adopted yeah. children. Uh, because well, Y'all, we're encouraging Tracy to start a podcast. <laughs> Thank yes. you. Thanks. So, yes. So, when she, when, if you do do it, which I, I think you might, but if you do it. <laughs> You, we got to follow Tracy's podcast because she's going to share more insight on this. You know, mm-hmm. you're asking God, what do, what do you want me to share? What do you want me to do? But stuff like this, I just imagine is what you're, you're going to be sharing some of mm-hmm. and just such really good stuff because this is your story. This is where God has taken you all. And 
you didn't start yesterday. You know, I mean, this is right. 10 years, more a, than that. Yeah. When do, when, okay. So when 2010, 2011 is when we met with the doctors for IVF. Really? Yeah. Okay. So when did you start the journey of the adoption of, well, I guess all, I mean, so you were, when were you like, okay, we're trying and then the doctors and then adoption. I mean, we got married in 2005. I would say, I mean, we never really, you, I mean, we never really were careful. Yeah. We knew we wanted to start a family and it, so we probably tried what, seven years, 2005. Till 2011, uh, we went to the doctors. That failed. And then in 2012, we adopted George. Wow. Yeah. I just, for the person listening, mm-hmm. if you are going through this, I'm so sorry. Yes, yes. I really don't know what to tell someone in that position, but I know you do. And I would like, if it's okay, can you speak to the person who is struggling mm. to get clarity from God about parenting, if they're going to have a baby or what that looks like for them. Can you encourage them in this moment? I think my encouragement would be to not run away from him because that's what I did. It's very angry. Um, and if you don't feel like you have that ability to talk to him about your anger, it's okay to be angry with him. Like yeah. it's okay. He knows the pain that you're in. But also surrounding yourself with people that are going through that as well. And I think that's one thing that, um, especially this last time that we tried to go through IVF again, um, I decided to make my, I guess, my story more public and shared a lot of it on Instagram. Um, And the people that I met and the people that poured into me, I wish I would have done that the first time. Yeah. Because, yes, everybody's journey is different. Yes, everybody's on different medications. We live in different places. We see different doctors. But, I mean, it's all so similar. Yep. And connecting with people of faith that are going through these really hard times. Mm -hmm. And that's been – I know this sounds like – Yes, you've already been able to have children, so you can say that. But one of the biggest blessings that have come from this awful journey that we had to go through have been people sending me people to visit with Mm. and to talk with about their journeys and just to listen. And just listening um, has been one of the biggest, biggest blessings. So finding, don't run away from him. Talk to him, listen, be still and just listen um, for where the Holy Spirit is guiding you to go because that's not wrong ever, you know, and when you're in tune with him, you just know that that's the direction that you should go. And I, you know, I, I always prayed for um, opportunities to land in my lap. And this goes on a little bit further with our journey and how we were actually able to, um, conceive our miracle children. Um, I had a friend that we were acquaintances, um, years ago. She randomly called me one day. Like I not didn't random, even though, not, not random. random, not random, but to you, but random. to me, it was completely yeah. random yes. being on the outside of it. Um, I didn't even know that she had my phone number. She called me and said, I was at a party, a birthday party in Tallahassee and met with some friends of ours who went through IVF. They've had their one child, but they have eight embryos that are frozen and they are looking to donate them to someone. Oh my goodness. And I immediately, oh, and I just got chills thinking about it too. I immediately talked to Adam. We talked to this couple. We prayed through it all. And I, we just had such a resounding, like, this is the direction that we need to go. Like, how would these people be placed in our lives if if we're not supposed to walk down this road? So this was after two years of having George. um, And... I knew that we wanted to have more children. We didn't feel, we went to a couple of adoption agencies and just felt completely shut down. Okay. Like that was not the direction we were supposed to go. And you didn't get discouraged by that. I didn't because I felt 
it was very clear. And Adam and I both, without even really talking about it, yeah. like we had all these applications we were supposed to fill out and they just remained on our desk. And like neither one of us ever really went to it. We just felt yeah. like a piece about that situation. So this family decided that they were going to donate their embryos to us. But the stipulation was their doctor was in Jacksonville, which is about six hours away. And it's a really long drive. It's, it's a all long interstate. Drive. It's straight. Yeah. Yes. So I was like, I'm game. You know, I'm ready to do this. I got my calendar out. I'm very type A, like, okay, let's get this on the schedule. And um, Adam stayed home with George and I made the trip over there to meet this doctor and to say, okay, I'm here. I'm ready to. Here's my body. Yes. Here's my body. When are we going to do this? Like, <laughs> this is the next step. And he looked at me and he said, I would be doing you a very large disservice if I let you adopt these embryos. And I, I like sat back in my chair, like, what? What do you mean? It's like, like I, but I have my, Lord. but I have my calendar yeah. here. Exactly. Like, I'm ready to put it on the calendar. Yes, <laughs> I'm ready yes, to yes. sign the paperwork. Let's get this going. And he says, looking at your paperwork and your history, he said, I fully believe that I can get you pregnant with your own. And I was like, oh I mean, gosh. I felt like somebody took a bat to my face. <laughs> I called Adam afterwards, <laughs> just feeling numb. I was like, this was not the plan. Yes. You know, financially, we were still not in a great place to be able to do this. And he, Adam and I looked at the financials over the phone. I screenshot it to him and he said, Tracy, the same amount to do a full IVF cycle in Jacksonville mm -hmm. is what it would cost you to do the donor again when we oh were assisted, you know, before. Yes. And after that. I, I knew that that's the direction that we had to go. Like, it was just so clear. I had to call the couple yes. and say, thank you, thank you but, but no, no thank, thank you. you. <laughs> thank you for donating yes, yes. out of the goodness of your heart. Oh, my gosh. Um, I'm so grateful to that because I would have never been introduced to this doctor. I would have wow. never even considered doing the medication again. You know, I told him, I said, I have such fears about these medications because I felt so bad yeah. last time. And he said, I just, I want you to trust me. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. And we did it. And that first time we got six beautiful embryos. Oh my yes. goodness. And we um, decided to transfer to Fresh. They don't even do that anymore, I don't think, or not at our clinic. Okay, um, and two, we're not doctors. So if you're listening oh, to this, yes, you're like, please. these girls, they don't know. <laughs> we know. I mean, from, I, I kind of know from experience a little experience. bit. but That's where we're talking from, from experience. Yes, yes. yes. Um, and I would say to definitely talk with your doctor I about what's best for you, for sure. But yes. we transferred two fresh embryos, and we had twins. They both took. Your twins and they are, so cute. are miracles. They just turned six. Um, and then, what, two and a half years later, we decided to put in another two. So, from the same thing? From all the same. So, they oh were frozen. So, all of these babies were created Who at I the know. same time. Yes. yes. So, the next so two, cool. I got a pregnancy, a positive pregnancy, and ended up miscarrying around oh, six weeks. And that was devastating. As well, that's one thing that I had never, I had never been one of those numbers. You know, there's so many women that experience that and goodness, how traumatic. How I mean, traumatic because it's it just like a, yeah. and now everything's changed. Mm -hmm. It was very traumatic. Um, but I also, this is... I don't know if I was just so in tune with what the Lord was trying to talk to me about during yeah. that, but I felt at peace. Yeah. Um, how can you feel that way after losing a child? I, I don't know. Other than I knew he had a plan for something more. Um, and we had two more embryos frozen. Yeah. And as soon as the doctor gave me a clean bill, bill of health, we decided to transfer our last two, which... Yeah were considered the lowest grades. They grade your embryos. And and we have our miracle 
little three-year-old now. So Via is, I mean, I mean, it's I just love been. That name, by the way. Oh, thank you. How, what is that from? You want to hear it? Yeah, Via. <laughs> Via, if you've ever seen the movie Wonder, okay, yes, or the, read the yes, book Wonder, yeah. the sister's name is Olivia, but she goes by Via, Via. and I loved that. I do too. Um, we already have an Olivia in our family, so I was like, we can't do that, so we'll just call her Via. Yeah. And my maiden name is Viala, which <gasps> is spelled V-I-A-L-A. Oh, it's perfect. So, yeah. It's, it's a good movie if you're looking for a movie to watch a with really your kids. It is really great one. Yeah. Really great movie. And there isn't like an age on that movie, I believe. Like, it, you know, it might be mm-hmm. – I don't know exactly what the yeah. rate is. You know, check that out first. But I will just tell you it will make you cry. Yes, it will. But it's a great story. It is. A really great story. Yes. Well, So that's thing, how my kids – I mean, and here. now you have this, <laughs> you know, mom of four, mm-hmm. which is great. I think one thing that you mentioned that I just wanted to read the scripture on, mm-hmm. it's talking about, you know, being angry. And it's okay to be angry. Jesus was angry. And the important thing is that we are um, not sinning when we're angry. Mm-hmm. And the how I learned about this was from uh, God works in mysterious ways. <laughs> so I'm at the post office and this guy was like, I have all these burned DVDs of Charles Stanley. And he was witnessing to me. He was like, do you ever get... Um, have you ever been hurt by someone? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, here's this um, CD about being hurt, hmm. you know? And uh-huh. then it was a Charles Stanley message that he burned. And then he was like, do you ever get sad or depressed? Or do you ever? And I'm like, yeah. And so he's just like giving me these CDs about like all the like traits Different. Hmm. that you can just go through in life. Or like, have you ever been through a traumatic experience? He had a CD on that. One of the last CDs that he gave is, are you saved? And I was like, yes. Yeah. You know, that was like how it, he yeah. was evangelizing to me. Wow. And so then he like gave me a CD about how to get saved, which is like so sweet of him to do that. But one of the messages, and it's all by Charles Stanley. So sorry, Charles Stanley, <laughs> about your messages being <laughs> burned onto CDs. But um, it really spoke to my heart. He was talking about that Jesus got angry and we do get angry, but it's important not to sin when we're angry and Ephesians four verse 26 and the NIV translation says in your anger, do not sin. Like Mm -hmm. literally it's that simple in your anger, do not sin. And then the second part of that verse says, do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And Charles Stanley broke down this message of in your anger, do not sin. And what it helped me with is the next time I did become angry, which was not that far after. It was like mm-hmm. dinner time. Yeah. I was like yeah. angry about something. <laughs> and in the back of my mind, I'm like, do not sin. Do not sin. Do so not sin. Do not sin. Points you back to him. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Everything yeah. back to Jesus. Everything. And so while we're talking about serious anger from different things, I pray that this scripture encourages you in your anger, mm-hmm. do not sin. Yeah. Like, I love Jesus. He's so simple. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Just keep it that simple. That's right. So my other question to you is, when did you find Jesus? Were you a believer when this all happened or did you find Jesus through it? How did you find Jesus? I became a believer very young, like seven years old, saved, walked, you know, walked the aisle. And I will say that my journey with Jesus has, has had peaks and valleys all through my life. Um, I've, gone through periods of where I felt very far from him, like when we went through our first IVF cycle. Um, And then I have found where I've felt very close to him. Um, And I feel like since the adoption that I've just really grown in my faith. Um, Yeah, I've grown. I mean, grown closer to him. How good is that? Very. Yeah. Very, because, I mean, we do not have the capacity to to not be, I mean, to not be in relationship with him. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I don't, I cannot comprehend how people can, can go through life and not have that relationship to, to go back on. Exactly. You know? I don't know how people stay married and Mm-mm. not believe in Jesus. I, know. I was listening to something. It's like a TV show or something. And, um, Oh, uh, it was something about, 
It was something about Marilyn Monroe. Oh, okay. They said (laughs) in one of her marriages that they, that she, and this could be totally false, but it was um, in something about her. They based the foundation of their marriage on their careers. So like Mm. their success was what helped them to thrive as a marriage. Mm. Well, it failed. Yeah, it didn't it's last always long. going to fail. But yeah. in my mind, you know, being married, I'm just like, what if we did base it on our careers? That would be so shallow, empty. It would just so be empty, empty. Mm-hmm. because arguments are going to happen and disagreements are going to happen. But what are you turning to? If I'm turning to myself, right? Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't even, there's so many things. I know. There's so many things because in the moment, I feel like I am right. You know, I feel like this is like, this is it. Thank God he has me to bring him this awareness on his life. Right, right. (laughs) But when we seek Jesus, when we are hurting and we need him to be our foundation in the good and the hard times, Mm -hmm. he's able to humble us in a way that reminds us that, we need Jesus and we need that spouse. You know, like if you're yes, married, yes. If you're married, it, he reveals to us the beauty of what that other person means to the relationship. Right. And if you're not married, if you do get angry with God about something, take that to God. Like he's your spouse, mm-hmm. like Jesus, yes. you know? Mm-hmm. And, and he will humble you, you yeah. know? I mean, I feel like we are such um, needy creatures yeah. and that we were created for that. But yeah. God has no needs. He does. Nice. He is fully sufficient in himself. And to know that, yeah. that we, we are needy people, you know, we need things. But, know, but knowing that about him. Is so, is so comforting. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, there was something that I really wanted you to talk more about to explain this idea of Mosesing. Is that the right? The Moses mentality. The Moses so, mentality. um, about a month ago I was visiting with a friend, a new friend who God completely just dropped in my life. Um, and I left there visiting about my desires to still have another child. Um, I still fully have that desire. We went through another two rounds of IVF stuff and we came up with zero. Oh, I'm sorry. And it was devastating again. Um, but also in the back of my mind, for some reason, I just, I knew that that was going to be the outcome. I don't know if he was preparing my heart for that, but, um, but this friend, you know, I I love to share my journey. I love to talk with people about my journey. I, um, and th- this friend who barely knew me, <laughs> we visited for a while. She sent me this podcast of the Jennifer Allwood show. Oh, I love Jennifer yes, Allwood. Yes, she's hilarious. Yes. Um, but she did a, a podcast on the Moses mentality, and it totally hit me in the face. Yeah. Like, I have been suffering from the Moses mentality for years and didn't really understand or grasp what that meant for me. But for the longest time, I felt like I wasn't um, equipped or capable to be a mom Yeah, because I couldn't be. I um, sharing my journey. I don't feel like I'm great at communicating my feelings with people. That's a lie. I mean, that's a lie that I believe that I choose to believe yeah, yeah. that I have to speak against, um, sharing our journey and becoming a family. Um, and then life since children, like I feel like in my heart, I would love to write a book. I yeah. l- would love to write a blog. I would love to do a podcast. I have all these really great ambitions. And yet this Moses mentality of believing that I am not, equipped for this. And yet he always equips us for what we're being called to. He puts people in our lives. The Holy Spirit directs us um, and guides us. And they're knowing, listening to that and knowing that there is always going to be resistance when you do something new. Okay. You know what I mean? 
Preach. I was in a small group a couple weeks ago Mm -hmm. and someone said, but if I post this on Instagram about my faith, my family's going to think I'm crazy. Yeah, they are going to think you're crazy, but it's not about. Or they're going to ask you about it and you get a chance to talk to them about it. You know what I mean? Like, and I feel like that is, um, oh, and yeah. Am I letting the opinions of others stop me? And what lies am I believing about myself? You know, we, your truth that we believe about us will always keep us the same and will always keep us comfortable, but we have to choose to hear his truth. You know, we have to hate the lies that the enemy is trying to speak into us to be able to hear the truth from him. And, um, I mean, oh my goodness. And God has completely given you and me a specific skill set for exactly what He's created for us. Amen. He was, I equipped to adopt a four year old little boy who had lots of trauma in his life. No, I was not. But people were placed in our lives that helped us and guided us and, I mean, he equipped us. And you know what? Sometimes you yeah. got to put the plane together as it's flying. You're not going to always know everything you need to know before you start something. Right. Sometimes he wants you to just take that step. You know, I, um, yes. you never know what is on the other side of obedience. Mm-hmm. And ex- examples in my journey in my life are I felt the need to move after being so still and depressed, move towards taking the steps towards adoption and look at us. We have George. I know. Moving. And he's so sweet. Oh, he is. Yes. He is. Moving towards the step to going through IVF again, even after being completely devastated. You know, taking those that amazing family that was willing to, you know, adopt or donate their embryos to us and taking that step. And trusting that that's the way that we needed to go. And lately, I've been in a place of wait. Like, just wait. And I have to be very careful here because when you're waiting, you also have to be and have your eyes open, your heart open, to see where doors are opening for something new, whether that be a book or a podcast or writing or starting a small group or adoption opportunities. Like... I just feel like I'm in a, you know, I felt like I needed to wait. But a scripture that goes along with me, um, I forget who says this. I think it's Solomon. In um, Ecclesiastes 4, 6, mm-hmm. better one handful with rest than two handfuls with effort and a pursuit of the wind. Oh, sister. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Somebody was just running and they just slowed down. We just changed the pace of someone's Sorry. day today. That was good. So what? You know what so, I mean? Okay, like, I got to do this visually. Say it one more time. Okay. Better okay. one handful with rest or quietness than two handfuls with effort and a pursuit of the wind. So. Okay. Wow. Strive. Like, you know what I mean? Striving. Yes. Trying. Yes. When yeah. sometimes it's okay to sit in that stillness but But. I also as an Enneagram nine I can sit on that for the longest time and I have to be mindful not to stay in that idleness and become slothy okay you know what I mean this is and I could be incorrect I feel like God's trying to show me something right now when you were saying that people were placed in your lives to help you with George Mm -hmm. so God is trying to show you, Tracy, I'm trying to do a new thing in your life. Like I want you to share your testimony and you have done that. You're trying to find, you're not trying to find, you are asking God, what avenue would you like me to go in? And I do believe as your friend, I think a podcast would be great. I do think that would be a great avenue for you to go in, but I would be a person placed in your life to encourage you to do that. You know what I mean? Yes. uh So how... There's just so much stuff that goes through our brains and we all have desires and hopes and dreams and 
ambitions. And, you know, as Christians, we're supposed to deny ourselves, pick up our cross and follow Jesus. Mm-hmm. And now we do what he wants us to do as believers in him, trusting in his plan. Mm-hmm. We cannot sit and not do his work. Like right. we are God's handiwork. Mm-hmm. Like we are supposed to do good works, you yes. know? Yes. And the how we do that is what I get tripped up on a lot. Right. And you're just saying here, people were placed in your lives. Like you, you just said God placed these people in your life. Mm-hmm. You weren't just sitting on the couch. Like you, you, you reached out to me about how to start a podcast. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think, like I said, you never know what is on the other side of your obedience in those promptings. Okay. Just those, even those little urges, mm-hmm. like you've asked me to be on the podcast before and I've yeah. been completely terrified to come here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I know, but I'm so like, excited now. It's like, perfect time. I don't know. I just get sweaty and I'm like not the best at communicating how I feel. Right. Even though that's what I love to do and, yeah. and having conversations with people. Um I don't know why it just terrified me, but when I got that feeling of like, "Ooh, this might be something that I need to do," yeah, you were the per- first person that popped up in my yes, mind. Good. I mean, like, but see, here's the thing: how you mentioned, I see the other side of it from IVF. Mm-hmm. I see the other side of it from a podcast yeah, host. Yeah, and I know. Ooh, <laughs> I'm reading the purpose-driven life right now, so I'm almost oh, that's spit a it good out one. From that. Yeah, but the beginning of the book says it's not about you. Mm. And that's, oh, I'm preaching to myself right now. Yes. Jesus, rain down. I love you so much. Thank you for humbling me. Mm. But in that, in this moment right now, I know that if you move forward and do a podcast, it's not going to be about you. It's going to be about Jesus and you're going to walk away from it refreshed. Mm-hmm. I know that mm-hmm. from exper- from doing these. Yeah, like yeah. I know when you leave this podcast today, unless, <laughs> <laughs> unless the Lord does something else, but I know from experience that you are going to leave here transformed mm-hmm. by the renewal of your mind. I know that you're going to yeah. feel healed in ways that only God can do mm-hmm. because you've shared your testimony. But I know that for you. And when you're on the other side of it, it's hard to see <gasps> it, until someone becomes his hands and feet and can show it to you. Can you, know? you be that for someone today? Right. Like you listening to this, you could be in Argentina. Yes. Can you do something today to mm-hmm. lift a friend up from what they're getting nudges from God about to do? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I need that person in my life. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? We all do. We all do. And I believe that they're all around and that we have to be diligent in asking the Lord to open our eyes and our hearts to, to conversations, to, I mean, experiences, like whatever that looks like, you know, we just have to be more aware of it and obedient when you feel the need to do something. Okay. That's the part. That's the part I want to sit in for a second. Obedient to do the thing God's called you to do. And then we're going to ask you what Bible verse is helping you in the season, if that's okay. Um, obedient to do the thing God's called you to do. And in mm-hmm. that we know it's not our will, but God's will be mm-hmm. done. And you know, his timing is the perfect timing. I mean, we say that it's just like, God, your will, not my will be done. I want to be used by you. God, let me be a vessel for your kingdom. What do you want me to do? How do I walk in obedience to to do this? So is there any wisdom that you can give us just from what God has shown you about how to be obedient? It's kind of a weird Oh, gosh. You know, at different times, I feel like I have come to the lowest of lows Mm -hmm. to be able to get to that point, like – you know, after our first IVF, I was super depressed, bad state of mind. And I, I mean, they're just, I had to do something. Yeah. And the only thing I knew was to step and trust that even the teeniest, tiniest step forward Mm -hmm. was either going to, it was either going to shut a door or open a door, you know, and to know that, that even in the tiniest, like us going to this adoption class, it's either going to shut the door and we're going to know that this is not what we need to do or 
it's going to open a door and you know, and you know, I think also as a reminder, knowing that no one is better suited for the job that he's called us to. Amen. For my children, for my story in his perfect timing. Yes. You know, you have to trust him. You have, I mean, that's what it's, that's really, that's what what it's all about. When, um, when you just said that, uh, there's a scripture that I just heard or I just read the other day and I just want to read this for you listening. This is for you. Second Corinthians 10, 12 NIV translation. We do not dare to classify or compare ourselves with some who commend themselves when they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves. They are not wise. And then I want to read Galatians 1 uh, verse 10 NIV says, am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. The question Mm -hmm. is, are you a servant of Christ? Mm -hmm. And if you are a servant of Christ, he has given you gifts and talents to use for his kingdom. Sometimes walking into that gifting takes humility on our scary. Usually it takes humility. I mean, come on, we have to be a servant of Christ. Yeah, like that's very scary. That yes. Because yes. it calls for vulnerability. Yeah. It calls for accountability. You know, I mean, it can be scary. Yeah. But yeah. how can we go through this life and not? do what we were put here to do. Right. Let's go. Right. Um, something else that I've felt really passionate about in this past month is being very intentional with scripture memorization Okay, with myself and my kids. Y'all, your kids are so capable (laughs) of so much more than you think. And I feel really bad not, well, not being more intentional about it before thinking, Oh, they're young. Like, I don't know that they could handle this. And I, this, yeah, this sounds bad. I have you ever heard of dwell? Do you know what dwell is? Like when you're dwell.com. No, it's like called dwell.com. Oh no, no, no. It's a scripture, scripture memorization tool. Okay. They send you these cards and they send you these really cool tattoos. Okay. And this is like what one of the tattoos looks like. Have you okay. ever seen it? We'll post a picture of it. So on it Instagram. gives you the letters for the scripture. Okay. So you have it on your arm or wherever you want to put it, and you look at it and you it helps you memorize the verse. So this verse that I pulled out today, today, yeah, for my kids to start um, for this week, light in a messenger's eyes brings joy to the heart. And good news gives health to the bones. Amen. Proverbs 15, 30. And listen to what this says. You are a messenger. You've been given a message from Jesus for someone. As a follower of Jesus, your message is his message. And he wants you to share it. Oh, I'm getting chills. How have you known his love in your life? Share that story with someone who needs to know love. How has Jesus given you peace? Share it with a friend who's anxious. How has Jesus stepped in and met you in your darkest places with light? Tell someone who's struggling. Your message is personal and wonderful and all your own, but you were never meant to keep it to yourself. Share it with someone who needs to hear it. It will bring joy to their heart and health to their bones. Oh, how cool is that for today? And my kids got out of my car today, going to school, looking at their tattoo, yes. saying, I'm going to be a light today, mom. I'm going to be a light. I'm like, you know, and, and just so having good. those open conversations. What does that really mean, mom? And being able to like have those conversations with them has just been such a huge blessing. It's so, so rich. It is. It is. There are just so many moments when I'm doing this podcast. We don't, this is no money. Like no money is involved with this podcast. And God continues to define to me what rich means to him, Mm, like continues Mm -hmm. because in moments like that, where you just said someone who is someone who has anxiety, share your story with them. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. It's going to change their life. Yeah. It really, really could change their life. (sighs) 
if you just talk to somebody about what you've been through, you know? I, I truly believe that that is why. Now, does God want bad things to happen to people? No. No. But why are things allowed? Because what you've been through yeah. will help someone else get through what they're going through. It's so hard to hear that. It's so I hard know. to hear that. But I know. Someone especially has, when you're in it. I know. Especially when you're in it. Someone who's come on the podcast shared the story of Lazarus. Lazarus? Lazarus? Lazarus. Mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> We're not perfect here. Nope, okay. Nope. Amen. Um, but when he passed away and Jesus came a few days later and he was raised to life, Jesus said, I did it for your behalf. Mm. And when that happened, it, you know, we've talked about on the podcast, but my dad passed in January, you know, Mm -hmm. and from him passing, I have learned what it feels like to mourn and be comforted by God. And Mm -hmm. that is the Holy spirit. Yes. You know, and I've never had that kind of hardship before and I'm still going through it, but I can tell you that when you were like, I had this peace and I didn't know what it was. Mm-hmm. I can tell you in Matthew in the B attitudes where it says, blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. Yeah. I mean, that's Jesus, yep. you know? Mm-hmm. So that story I share here to encourage you that God sees you. He loves you and he knows you and your life has a reason. There is a reason why you were created And Tracy and I are just here to encourage you today to walk into what God has for you. If he is trying to do a new thing in your life, you know, you want to be obedient. You want to do good. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know anybody who's like, I just want to ruin this, you know? Right. Like you want it to be good. You want it to be successful. Like you were saying. Sure. You want it to be successful. We just want to encourage you to commit your actions to Jesus. Like Mm -hmm. commit your work to God and he will make it successful. Amen. Yep. You know? Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. Mm. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus is real. So boom. Yep. There you go. Mm-hmm. Okay. What Bible verse is encouraging you in this season? Well, it's being in this season of waiting, okay. I feel like Ecclesiastes 311 um, has definitely spoken to me and to what we've spoken about here. Yeah. He has made everything appropriate in its time. He has also put eternity in their hearts, but no one can discover the work of God has done from the beginning to the end. Mm. We, we don't see, get to see the full scope of things. You, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, um, and just yeah. even being in this season of waiting and just trying to remain open to things, it's been a very nice season of refreshment, you know, even not necessarily taking steps towards a goal or um, I've just been very content and refreshed. So godliness with contentment is great gain. Yep. You know, and that feeling of contentment is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Especially when there's so many things like screaming at us online yes. to do. Yep. Having the feeling of contentment is rich. It is. It is so rich. Mm-hmm. And thank you for sharing that. What was the scripture again? Ecclesiastes? 3.11. Okay. Thank you so much. That was so good. Is there anything else you want to share? I don't think so. Ways to follow you? I mean, you're... Yeah. I am. I'm currently off of social media, but that doesn't mean that I'm going to be off forever. Okay. Um, But party living on Instagram and, and I'll share my Facebook with you too. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'll put it in the description, but... So it's Purdy Living, which mm-hmm. is my favorite because it's Purdy and you're Southern. Oh, yeah. You're from well, Arkansas. I am, I am from Arkansas, that's for sure. And it's so it's P U R D Y. Yes. Purdy Living. That's it. It's just so cute. <laughs> it's so you anyway, just follow her on Instagram and um, we'll put the links to connect with Tracy in the description of this podcast. And thank you so much again for coming on and mm-hmm. sharing what God has on your heart mm-hmm. and talking about Moses. I mean, <laughs> What a picture for us mm-hmm. today. So uh, th- just thank you again. And at the end of every podcast, we always pray. So join us in prayer. Mm-hmm. Father, decrease us and increase you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, this is Dustin, one of the pastors at Grace Bible Church in Sebring, Florida. Thanks for tuning in to listen to Broadcast His Love with Ricky Van Stewart. 
I hope you will also consider joining us on our podcast as well. Our hope is to encourage you, inspire you, and compel you towards a closer walk with Jesus and one another. You can find us on every platform where podcasts are offered by simply searching for Grace Bible Church Sebring. Again, this is Pastor Dustin, and I hope to get to connect with you very soon. Hey, this is Mark Stockland, pastor and CEO for Haiti Bible Mission in Jeremy Haiti. If you'd like to follow along with what we're doing in Jeremy Haiti, you can check us out at HaitiBibleMission.org. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We'd love to get you guys connected with what we're doing in Jeremy Haiti and how you can partner with us to live the difference, to help empower leaders to transform communities. God bless you guys and have a great day. Hi, y'all. This is Nan Charland, the owner of the Laurel Oak Inn Bed and Breakfast in Gainesville, Florida. You can find the Laurel Oak Inn on the internet at laureloakinn.com or Facebook and Instagram, Laurel Oak Inn. Until we meet you in person, we certainly hope you're enjoying life to its fullest. <laughs> <laughs>